And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Welcome to the Manson Family Podcast, starring Doc Manson and Mrs. Manson. Episode 2, DC Goes on Holiday. Hello everybody, and welcome. Your ears do not deceive you, for DC Matthews is not with us this week. No, you are in store for the second ever episode of the Manson Family Podcast. I am your host, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson on Twitter, and I am joined by the one, the lovely, Mrs. Manson, at Mrs. Manson, D-D-T. Mrs. Manson, say hello. Hello, everyone. So, who are you again? (laughs) Who am I? Who are you? I am your lovely wife. Oh, I kind of remember that. Yeah, there was a day about three years ago. Hmm, three years ago. Not ringing any <laughs> bells. I was in a, like, white dress. White dress. Are you the type to wear white? <laughs> Maybe not anymore. <laughs> I see. Um, so, I got an email, just to jump straight into the email bag. This right. one is from Chris Hawk. The subject line is best podcast ever, and the email reads, how did Mrs. Manson get into wrestling? And I was going to perhaps talk about this, except I think we talked about this on the first edition of the Manson Family Podcast, which, you know, as I've been told on Twitter, (laughs) was about 6,000 years ago now. Right, right. It was your Uh, birthday. Was it? Yeah. That's the last time you recorded. Really? It was. It was, was April. Oh. Okay. So it hasn't been that long. It's only been a little over two months. Um, so I guess we should maybe talk about it a little, but let's just do the... The Reader's Digest version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you, Mrs. Manson, get into wrestling? Chris Hawk wants to know. <laughs> it was about six years ago, and I moved in with you in a very small apartment. It was probably 600, 800 square feet. It was a little bedroom, a living room, and a little kitchen with that little apartment-sized stove. wasn't even really full-size, and we had a gigantic television. And you would turn it on, and I was there, and I couldn't avoid it. Um, and so instead of, you know, fighting it, I said, all right, well, this is on TV. Let's see what this is all about. I had never watched it growing up. Um, I have an older brother, but I don't remember him ever being into it, and I knew Wait, it existed. Well, hold on a second. You, maybe you didn't watch it when you were young, but you, and you knew it existed, but you had to have been more aware of it than it just existed. Wrestling was everywhere when we were kids. Hulk yeah, Hogan, man. I do remember like some of his movies. You must have seen Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny, exactly. I remember some of the, the people that were in movies, but I never watched any of it, um growing up and I never like went to any shows or anything I never went and saw the the guys at the mall um that was not a part of my existence so my first real exposure was when I moved in with you what was I guess this is maybe I don't know putting you on the spot but I guess I I also would be remiss sorry to go off topic for a second we do that on this show (laughs) I I didn't introduce the third member of the Manson family who is also with us 
Um, you may hear some chewing on the microphone. I don't know if it's going to get picked up or not. But if you hear that, that is one hashtag Oscar yes. He is devouring a bully stick currently on the stream, sitting right here in my lap. Uh, so you may hear him a little more later on if you can't already hear him. Uh, I'm sorry, so getting back on topic there. Uh, this is just sort of related to how did you get into wrestling. And I'm not sure I really know the answer. And I don't know if you remember, but... Uh, I'm curious, what is then your earliest memory of wrestling, oh, you know, modern? Modern wrestling? Right, once, once you got back into it because of me, like, what, what do you remember from when you were first watching it after we moved in together? I remember a lot of that whole Nexus stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, that was on television. And Nexus or the core? The core. Well, but Nexus came before the core? Yes. It was them, yeah, because the then Nexus? it was Nexus, and then it was the core. I remember that stuff. And obviously John Cena and Randy Orton were big in the picture. I have my Randy Orton sign from the show that we went to go see. Um, but those those are probably my earliest memories. Yeah. Um, as far as the women, I honestly couldn't really. Well, the women weren't anybody. really doing anything yeah. back then. I mean. Yeah. I don't even know if it was that Beth Phoenix was around. Beth Phoenix. Or was that Eve? Oh, Eve Torres maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't... I mean, the Bellas, I think, were around back then. They were, but they that were That was not... before the boob enhancements. The boob enhancements and dating John Cena and... Right. All that was, I think that's before they left the company for the first time. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So... They were there. Alicia Fox, of course, was there. All right. Oh, I was just curious. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, before we get, like, into... I've got some topics lined up for us to talk about tonight. I'm excited. Before we get to that, though, I mean... I was telling DC just recently, man, I wish we had, I wish we opened up with our off-topic segments like we, like we used to. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't even really know what to talk about off-topic. I didn't come up with anything while I was sitting here. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what am I doing? What's up? What are you doing What's tomorrow? What's up? Tomorrow? Yeah. I'm not working tomorrow. I've got a three-day weekend. Okay. And I have zero plans. I mean, zero plans. Minus snuggling with Oscar. Oh yeah. Because he needs the love. He's a good boy. Um, but yeah, I mean, what about you? Well, big I'm plans? Go- yeah, maybe. I'm supposed to go out with a friend of the podcast, GQ. GQ, poss- right? Possibly going to a brewery. Um, what have you been doing this summer? Because I seem to recall. A giant stack of something or other uh, sitting on the coffee table. I may have a slight book obsession. Okay. What, is, what's your, what do you mean, a book obsession? You I like am lucky spanking enough. books? You like... <laughs> I'm lucky to work at a public university and have access to a wonderful library system. And as the daughter of a librarian, I guess I picked up on reading at an early age. And it's something I enjoy and continue to do to this day. And I think I have... I think it's seven books out now from the library, um, which is totally fine because the limit is 150 books. So I'm nowhere near that. So we're, we're doing okay. We're doing good. We're doing okay. So yeah, I'm, I enjoy reading for pleasure. Have you read anything interesting? What you been? What are you reading? What, did you just, I, you just finish something, I didn't you? I finished one called Miller's Valley by Anna Quindland, I think. And that was a really good one. Kind of like takes place in like the 60s, 70s, and it was kind of historical piece about a family living on a farm and family life growing up so that was enjoyable um i like all kinds of books and i 
most likely, most often get into reading over the summer because it's so nice. I just want to sit outside and enjoy a book. I'm really not one for like climbing mountains and like going parasailing and all of those things. I'm much more of a sit in the sand and read kind of gal. Um, so I'm I'm doing that. I'm getting into that. We I don't want to spoil things that I've got lined up later in the show, but. We do have a rather lengthy email from oh. one DC Matthews. Uh-oh. He just um, he just couldn't stay away. He could not stay away. I don't think he trusted us I don't to think fill an episode with content. <laughs> um, at your comment about the beach and parasailing, apparently they are getting sailing lessons. Oh my. I mean, I don't know if that's true or if <laughs> he's lying. DC. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> can you just picture him in a little sailor outfit? <laughs> with a little hat. Absolutely. I can't picture him um, manning a vessel. No? <laughs> no. I don't know. I think I could see him on a sailboat. I mean, he probably would sink the sailboat, but... Does he know how to swim? Um, you know, I think I've seen him with little floaties on before, <laughs> so I think he'd probably rubber be ducky right. floaties? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, DC. We love you. Smooches. Um, all I'm right. sure you're an excellent swimmer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, he probably floats. I think we all float. Well, if you do it right. <laughs> true. Very true. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm feeling disappointed. Like, it's only nine minutes, and it's like we're going to move into a wrestling talk, or, or what? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Thankfully, we have no major Oscar issues to report this week. It was a great week in the Manson family household. Did we tell them that, about his broken tooth? I don't remember anymore. I think it was mentioned on a previous podcast with you in D.C. Oh, yeah. But, maybe. Yeah. But our million-dollar dog is doing well after a tooth extraction. Yeah. And he is doing very well. He's doing a number on this bully. All right. So, enough about that, then. I'm sure we'll, re- we'll steer off topic at some point. Oh, no doubt. So, so you know very well that this week I was a hot commodity, uh... So, what was that, Tuesday night? I, uh, yes. I got called in, called up to the big leagues, had to pitch it there for big an leagues. evening. I think they probably asked D.C. Matthews to uh, co-star Before um, you, probably. New Age Insiders pod this week. But uh, since he was out of town, so graciously the uh, offer was extended to one Doc Manson. And <laughs> the big reason why they got me, and not just me, but all the members of the uh, NAI network, Rant with Ant was on... Uh, I believe McCool was on later in the show, and um, was it Rebel Dentist was also on? I can't recall now. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking out here. But um, so the reason why you know the mighty members of the NAI or community, the neighborhood, got together was because there was a big piece of breaking news. Oh yeah, this week Tuesday, that right? uh, DC. Oh, look at him. Was out of town for the biggest news of the year, probably. And he's left us to try to cover it on this very special edition, episode two of the Manson Family Podcast. So let's talk a little bit about Roman Reigns Reigns. being suspended by the WWE for violating their wellness policy. And we still have no idea, no reports over what, in fact, he violated well the wellness policy but in what capacity right i don't necessarily that they will tell us um apparently there's no suspensions for smoking marijuana it's just a fine it's just a fine huh. uh, i don't know if that's 
I mean, that's what everybody's saying. I haven't actually done the research myself. I don't know where you go to do the but research. But I just, I feel like Rob Van Dam, when he was champion, got stripped of the title, suspended from the company for a little bit because he do was... We, but no, maybe because he was do drunk. We, do we know that was solely marijuana? Well, I think with RVD it definitely was solely marijuana. But maybe he was because he was driving and got arrested or something. Oh. I can't remember what the full details were. Maybe it had something to do with the circumstances around RVD as opposed to what he uh, failed for. Maybe if somebody out there in the neighborhood is able to uh, remind me, that would be great. But yeah, so I guess my question to you is, Roman Reigns, what do you think he did? What Or what did he do? What was he on? What do you think? Do you think it was steroids? Do you think he was at the top of uh, the roster and he felt like he had to maintain that physicality? Yeah, I mean, that's what some people are saying, and I can definitely see it. They're talking about, you know, coming back from his injury and maybe perhaps needing or feeling like he needed some kind of substance to help him regain his muscle or his stamina or whatever. I mean, I think Jason probably brought up a pretty good point. I mean, if you were going to do that in this day and age, why wouldn't you use human growth hormone? Right, which you could get prescribed from a physician. Right, and you wouldn't necessarily be tested for... I mean... I mean, I know he's got... Or do you think it's more likely to go something recreational? I mean... Because, again, the same thing, right? You're at the top of the roster. I, you got a lot yeah. of pressure. You've got a mixed reaction to the crowd. I mean, do we think that the WWE Universe could put some undue pressure on this guy? And yeah. maybe he feels like, oh, God, i got to do something Some to... people were talking about, you know, um, like antidepressants and stuff. Antidepressants but again, or cocaine or... I mean, if it was an antidepressant that was prescribed, that wouldn't be an issue, Well, right? I don't know. Because, I mean, I think I've heard stories before. I mean, okay, Adam Rose, for instance, when he got suspended, he claimed that what he was suspended for was a prescribed substance he that he thought had... <laughs> right, but I mean, obviously there's a lot of weirdness around Adam Rose that I don't know necessarily I can point to that circumstance as being legitimate. But I feel like that there are instances when you could have something prescribed where even then it doesn't pass muster for a wellness test. I don't know if that's true. That seems weird just, to me. I just feel like if you're in the company, and I know that they're all responsible for their own individual health and wellness for the most part, but if you had an issue, wouldn't you bring it up with you know the staff, the doctors? staff doctors and saying, yeah. hey, this is what I'm experiencing, and my private physician wants to put me on this you would think so. I mean, again, there's no details at None. all out there on this. And again, I think that's partially, again, going back, there's a lot of things going on with Adam Rose, obviously. I don't mean to, again, keep pointing to that. But, I mean, Adam Rose went out on Twitter. He made a statement himself. And you see how the company, I mean, obviously there were other things going on, domestic disputes right. and things like that. But you can see that the company didn't necessarily have a positive Response to Adam Rose going out and publicly talking about the suspension. Right. So maybe it's in Roman Reigns' best interest to just have the prepared statement, short one that he released, and and that's just go it. with the flow and say, and "I knew this give, was going to happen. It's my bad." Right. Give no details because obviously the company has put a lot of time, energy, I just, money. I wonder what the environment is like for them. Do they feel comfortable enough to reach out and say, "A, I'm having a problem. Be it substance abuse or something else." I mean, he, with because, substance abuse, because I he bet was not. at the top of the. I mean, he is was at the top of the heap there, holding the belt. Like that's a lot of pressure, and maybe he didn't 
feel like it was a in his best interest to say, I think, "Hey, I'm having a problem." Right. I mean, I, I just I would think that you would have to come to them with your problem before it was a problem. It was a <laughs> substance abuse problem. Well, like, if it was, right? Oh, there's a lot of pressure. I'm feeling like I've got a lot of pain, chronic issues. I feel like I need painkillers. You know, I feel like you need to go to them at that point, not once you're hooked on And then they could have whatever. written him out of the picture for a little while, so he had time to recover or do whatever he needed. Yeah. I mean, they haven't really, you know, written him out of the picture currently, but... It'll yeah. be interesting to see what the coming week's shows are like. Yeah. So, we have a uh, email here from Zane. Uh, that's at Zane, Z-A-N-E-R-Z-A-S-N-J. On Twitter, that's Zane Urzaz, New Jersey. I don't know. But uh, this actually, he sent in to DC and Doc, but sorry, Zane, DC's not here, so you got me and the missus. <laughs> I can help. All right, so he's got a question. With Roman suspended for 30 days, uh, but he will be back in time for Battleground, do you think he remains in this storyline? This would allow them a full story with Dean and Seth, you know, being the champ and most recent champ. Should they find a storytelling way to remove Roman and make the triple threat at SummerSlam instead of at Battleground? I think so. I mean, I think it's going to look pretty bad on the company if he's suspended for 30 days, no one's really talking about him, and then a couple days later he gets to be in the, in the main part of the pay-per-view or the, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's the weirdest thing about to me is if they really do just ignore him for a month... Or do they have I'm to come out next week and address it? I'm sure we're just going to see those stupid packages all over the place that they're just going to replay and replay and replay. I mean, do you think that you know Vince McMahon or Triple H or Stephanie, I guess, comes out next week and says, Hey, Roman Reigns was suspended. He'll be back in 30 days. I mean, do you... Do you think they're going to be honest with us? Well, that's my point. Or do you think they're going to try to... I mean, well, in, that's in what today's they were, internet That's age. what they were saying on New Age Insiders, is that, you know, they didn't give us a storyline reason to get rid of the guy. Do you, in the internet age, do you need a storyline reason, or can you just be honest? Sink a little further into the reality era. Everybody that's a big wrestling fan knows anyways. Right. So, I mean, yeah, maybe it ruins this guy for being a hero to the kids, a role model, whatever you want to say, but, I mean... But we don't know what the wellness violation was. He could have not had his physical exam. <laughs> I don't think they suspend for that. I think it's got to be a substance abuse <laughs> of some kind. Something a banned. Something sort of, negative that I would cause, so, yeah. cause for us. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but that's what I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's in their best interest to a, address that he's suspended for 30 days. Because, I mean, when... Things have happened in real life, like when Rusev and Lana got engaged and the pictures were, you know, all over TMZ. They addressed that. That became part of, you know, they showed those pictures on television. Well, yeah, but I mean, they kind of, you know, they did sort of, but they also sort of buried Lana in the aftermath of that. You know what I mean? Like they they were not pleased about that stuff getting out there. Well, how do you think they feel about Roman Reigns being suspended for 30 days? I'm sure not very pleased, but they spent so much time and money and energy into making him into the company's next face for the next 10 years. Do you think they're just going to suddenly renege on that? I mean, I wish that they would because I'm sorry, the guy just, he's neighborhood. He's performing at a very high level. I don't mean to be negative on him. He's doing very well physically, but they've stretched out this presentation of him for so long that I no longer have any 
feelings for him one way or the other. I just find it boring. Oh, he's on my television again. I don't think that's somebody that you want at the top of your company for 10 years. Again, I'm only one person. Maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe other people out there, they're getting strong reactions, good or bad, and that's good enough for them. I don't know. But for me, uh, I'm bored of Roman Reigns. And, I, you know, they talked about this in NAI too. Maybe this is the opportunity, right? This is your opportunity. He did something bad. You bring him back full heel. People are going to boo him anyways and just embrace that part of it, you know, and run with it. I don't know. I feel like that's the way to go because, you know, they've been pushing him down our throats for the last two years or so. And you hear when he gets out there, the crowd is mostly booze. You can't wrestle, um, no matter what we've seen from him over that the last... You can't wrestle chant was pretty uh, prescient on Monday night, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. You can't wrestle for yeah. 30 days. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, I guess we'll get off of uh, Roman Reigns' case. I, I don't think our feelings on the subject are novel particularly no. or new. I mean, but do you, I guess the one other thing I would ask you before we move off the subject is, you know me, I mentioned this on the New Age Insiders, I, I love a good conspiracy theory. I mean, do you think that WWE knew about this suspension and they went through with Sunday night and Monday and they set up this triple threat at Battleground knowing that they were going to suspend him for 30 days and conveniently they were 34 days until this next pay-per-view? I mean... I mean, that sounds pretty good. And honestly, if he simply didn't show up on Sunday night on, on the big show, there would have been way more questions than I think there are now. Um, because that would have meant that... And there's a rule, I guess, that you're allowed to... Even once you know, you know there's a negative result and you're going to suspend somebody, they're allowed to keep him performing for a limited amount of time to get him out of a storyline. I guess that's a clause in their policy. Um, Right, it makes perfect sense. But I mean, you know, I'm a skeptic, I'm a scientist, so I mean, Occam's razor tells me that most, what's more likely, they orchestrated this entire thing, or as we know, most wellness tests are done after pay-per-views. They didn't find out about it until mid-Monday or later Monday, and they just so happened already to have gotten through Raw. I don't know. They got I'm, the results back. I mean, that just of, seems to me like the simplest explanation. I'm so kind of leaning into your conspiracy theory, yeah. though. Because who really thought Dean Ambrose was going to win and cash in? I mean... I don't know. I, I wasn't really expecting it either, to be honest. But they had written Dean Ambrose into such a hole that... I that mean, was his only way out. I guess, you know. Without being buried. But that was the thing that I wanted to transition into before. Um, topic 1B here. <laughs> Instead of talking about Roman Reigns, what about Dean Ambrose? I love Dean Ambrose. New WWE <laughs> so World Heavyweight him. Champion. What do you think? I love him. I'm happy for him. I love his kind of goofball, crazy, serious, don't really know, it's a fine line kind of character. Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. I enjoy seeing him on my television. I hope that when we get to go to our show in August that we're going to get to see him. If so, I'm totally making a Dean so Ambrose sign. we're going to SmackDown in August, and I, I, I think I mentioned this to you before, but in case you don't remember, we're actually going to the first SmackDown after SummerSlam. This could be really interesting. Now. It could be a good show. Yeah. It could be a real good show. Uh, I don't know who... I mean, they'll also be after the draft, which we're going to talk about a little more later on in this show, yeah. but... Yeah, who knows what we'll see after that. Um, so, Dean Ambrose is champion. You like that. Love it. Um, do you like Dean Ambrose? 
like now that he's kind of like this goofy comedy character. I think he was kind of always. I mean, they they kind of made it more the Ambrose Asylum. He's crazy, and it was more crazy than goofy. But the crazy was kind of borderline goofy, if that makes any sense. I don't know. I, I think, don't think he was that goofy when he was in the Shield. No, he wasn't. But he also wasn't memorable in the Shield. Oh, I disagree. I think he was the strongest one in the Shield. I. I mean, he was maybe. the standout star. He would get in that ring and dismantle somebody, take apart their arm. He had the By, ring psychology. He was the standout star of the Shield when it came to wrestling. When it came, well, I mean, Seth Rollins had the flippy dippy. Seth you know Rollins what, had the streak in his hair and people. Skunk man, right? Yeah. Skunk man is what I used to call him. I honestly never knew like Dean Ambrose was there, but for me, he wasn't like the main star. He was the U.S. champion. The other two were tag champions. Like he was the standout single star of that group. You don't think so? I don't. I mean, he just he didn't never stand really out to made you. a big impression because they were pushing Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns so much harder. But I don't think they were. I feel I like ch- they were. I challenge that memory. When they were in the Shield, Dean was the talker. He was the main point man. He, he was, was the mic man. Absolutely. Uh, Seth Rollins would chip in. Maybe he would it do was a- Seth Rollins that was more in the background. Seth would do some of the lifting on the mic, but he was kind of like the secondary. And then Roman Reigns would literally only say, Believe that. Believe that, yes! That was the right. only thing he would say. You're right. You're he was right. just this big, strong, mute, giant man. And they would yeah. do a triple power bomb together. Remember? Yes, like, I that's... remember that. Yeah, maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I mean, I, I guess maybe. You're but right. regardless, regardless if you're remembering it wrong, he didn't make an impression. He didn't make an impression much on when he was a part of the Shield. I do remember like all three guys coming down from the crowd, um, but I'm not really sure that. I mean, the Shield was there, but I wasn't really in love with them. Yeah. All right. I mean, I thought the shield was pretty great, uh, but that the topic for another day. But as we'd be remiss because we mentioned the name already, and we've talked about Roman Reigns. We talked about Dean Ambrose. Um, certainly, since the last time we talked on a Manson Family podcast, Seth Rollins has returned. Clearly. Oh goody! So I don't know if we've ever had an opportunity to talk about Seth Rollins on this show before. Um, what do you think about Seth Rollins? Clearly your old goody sort of <laughs> gives away maybe your initial impressions, but talk to me about Seth Rollins. There's a lot of people who are madly in love with him. I am not one of those people. Are you madly in love with Shawn Michaels? Do no. you know who Shawn Michaels is? Yes, I do know who Shawn Did, Michaels is. Was he wrestling not, actively? Not were? actively. Well, he must have, I think have, he might right? have been retired by when that did he, point. Cause he re- I don't remember what WrestleMania he retired at, but... I've seen him on my television. If you did watch him, you probably watched either his last or his two last WrestleManias, yeah. and that was probably about it. I've seen him on my TV. I don't know if he's been wrestling, but he's been talking on my TV. Yeah. And... Because I think the reason why, I think a, people, a lot of people see a lot of him in Seth Rollins, and I don't necessarily think that they're wrong, but I don't know. I just, I'm not a big Seth Rollins fan myself. Yeah, I mean, he's not... I mean, he's a, he's a good wrestler. Um, Is he? Because he ended Sting's career, uh, he buckled his own knee, he nearly shoved John Cena's nose into his brain. I mean, he actually seems pretty dangerous as far as I can. I mean, most people online won't agree with that assessment, but... Selective memories. I'm just saying, uh, he he certainly doesn't necessarily seem like um, the best wrestler, given those issues that have come up from time to time. I mean, people, I think, have selective memories and are super excited to see him back, he left when he was injured at a high point in his career. 
And I think sort of people. Well, he had a belt, right? He had the championship. The championship. But belt. in all fairness, like I told this to DC on the show. I, I know you listen. I but, certainly do. Uh, but he left again. Looking for Oscar? He left again. He keeps going up and down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, he left when champion, but I remember watching those shows when he was champion. He was a baby. And I was just like, I'm done with you. Get him off my television. They were trying to, like, there was, when he was feuding with Sting, there were times when he would come up, like, in four segments a night and it was just like, this is not enjoyable. And Talk the, about selective memory. The character he always played was the one who would run away. Yeah, the cowardly heel. The cowardly heel. I mean, he does it well. It's a well good enough performance. I just get tired of seeing it. And exactly. I don't know. Everybody does it. The Miz did it for forever. He did it forever. Randy Orton did it forever when he was the uh-huh. face of the authority. Like That's not something that it's not really resonates with me. me exactly. Neither. And so one of the stats that's been coming out on Twitter is this is the first time in two years that a pure face, somebody that the entire audience cheers Loves, for, right. is the champion. And I think, you know, I've been down on Raw the last couple of weeks on this show, but I think this last week, Dean Ambrose coming out with that belt was the best I have felt about that show. Aren't you just filled with warmth and happiness and like, glee? I was just glad to finally have someone at the top of the show that I cared about, that I liked to watch. And even though, like I said, I'm kind of down on Dean Ambrose, I haven't expected anything from him recently. Ever since WrestleMania, I just came in like, oh my god, this guy, I feel like he's got so much talent. But it got to the point where I was even doubting if he was still talented Mm. because they were misusing him so much. Right, Um, right. But, you know, he... Even... I don't know. There are some people who say that, like, Goofy Crazy can't get over, but... I think he's over with everybody in that crowd. I don't know, yeah. And I think, like, the thing they did with, like, the taxi right at the beginning of Raw, when he stopped him... Was that just to, like, give him some street cred or something? Maybe just to be Goofy. It was just because he's Goofy, and they wanted to do a little Goofy segment with him. I mean, the fact that they haven't moved away from the Goofy leads me to believe that he's a transitional champion, Mm. and that he's not going to have that belt for very long, but I hope I am wrong. I hope, yeah. Because... Of the three members of the Shield, I have always thought that he was the most talented. Correct. Um, He's the only one I really have interest in. Yeah, very I, just charismatic in a way that I mean, there are some of his moves that I'm tired of now. The rebound lariat was cool yeah. at first, but now it's just completely overplayed. But I mean, again, that's sort of my problem with Seth Rollins is I, I don't. Yeah, he's injured people. That's a line I like to use. But <laughs> honestly, he's just. I just get tired of seeing him yeah i'm not engaged he's not i'm not engaged exactly i'm not really engaged in roman reigns i'm not really engaged in seth rollins so if there's anyone of the shield who i hope that really makes something of himself it would be dean so let me ask you a question because it seems like we're agreeing an awful lot i'm sorry it makes for a very unexciting podcast Do do you think that you um form all of your wrestling opinions because of me you hear me talking about it um not I mean, I think having conversation in our household is a good thing. Um, now being on Twitter, I get exposed to lots of other people's opinions, um, which is also kind of entertaining. And I'm able to, you know, kind of hear what others are saying and think about it myself and form my own opinions. Um, but I think that being, you know, your wife and being exposed to so much wrestling talk in this household just kind of helps me formulate my own ideas. Um, and... It's it's not a bad thing. I mean, we watch Lucha Underground, and there are plenty of people there that I particularly enjoy that, I mean, you probably think are okay and good and whatnot, but I think there was a couple nights 
in the past maybe two or three weeks where I've actually turned it on on my own, and then you came downstairs and joined me. Turned on what? Lucha Underground. Oh, yeah. You like Lucha Underground. I love it. So... Do you like it more than WWE? Right now, I do. Okay. That's my next topic that I wanted to talk about with you tonight was Lucha Underground. So, uh, let's just jaw dive right into it since you're starting to talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. What do you like about Lucha Underground? I love that they just let people wrestle. Men, women, little people, whatever the right term is, um, they let people wrestle. You don't have to sit through video packages. You don't have to sit through the replay and the rehashing of the last, you know, last week's episode. But I mean, there's just as much story in Lucha Underground, dare I say maybe more, than there is in the WWE, right? There are. Yeah, and they they do have little story So it's not just they just let them wrestle. There is storyline there's so but it's opera not to it. overplayed yeah i mean i think the thing that you mentioned is exactly what is you're correct to zero in on is it's the replays it's the video packages there's just i think and there's nobody on twitter who would disagree with you they just do too much of that in the way WWE. too much and they they to, i got some heat last week i think i said because the wwe hates their fans and yeah that's hyperbolic people i don't mean it that strongly but at the same time video packages like they play those repeating replays of not just what happened right before the commercial break but what happened last week i mean hopefully smackdown gets better but right now you watch smackdown and half of the airtime i mean for third anyways is this is what happened on raw three days ago which makes me not want to watch the shows live which makes me want to just dvr it Fast forward through all the stuff I've seen six times already and watch the guys actually But that is WWE, the company, to some extent, telling you that we don't think our fans can remember what happened three days ago. I'm not an idiot. (laughs) Right. That's what I'm saying. They hate their fans. And again, that's hyperbolic. I don't mean it quite so strongly. But I mean... Yeah, okay, every Raw or SmackDown could be somebody's first and you don't want them to be lost. And sometimes, you know, I might miss a week or I might miss the end and never catch up, but because I'm invested in the community on Twitter, because I'm your wife... But I do think... I I hear and and know what's going on. That the extent to which they do it is way overboard. And I'm actually hoping that at least with the brand split, by making these two things really separate again, hopefully there's less mention of each show on the other... Okay, yeah. So maybe SmackDown will have less replays from Raw. I don't know if that's for, for a fact. That's how that But is work. SmackDown just going to have more replays of SmackDown? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. It's a new era, so maybe we can hope for... That's what they've been saying. ...for better things. And look, we're talking about WWE again. We're supposed to be talking Sorry. about Lucha Underground, because what is so great about Lucha Underground? Do uh, so you say they just let them wrestle? They do. Who do they let wrestle? Who stands out to you in Lucha Underground? Who do you like? Who do I like? Who, who are your... Who are your favorites? I know that I'm going to get a lot of hate on this, but I'm a big Marty the Moth fan. Why do you like Marty the Moth? And I'm just going to put this out here before you answer. I also like Marty the Moth. <laughs> I have nothing against Marty the Moth. I think he's actually a pretty good wrestler, and he's got you know a unique sort of thing going. He's got a character. The character, You know yeah. what I mean? And he does it fine. He, you, I don't know if you'll get this reference, but he reminds me a lot of one of my old favorites, uh, WWE, Gene Snitsky. Um just this big guy who's kind of goofy and they went yeah. a little too overboard with Snitsky in the WWE eventually giving him is that the guy him... who ate a turnbuckle? who ate who was that? George the Animal Steel? oh never mind <laughs> no, this is Gene Snitsky this was the this is not my fault he killed Lita's baby in oh, a storyline and then they gave him a foot fetish and that was the part the foot oh. fetish stuff was way over yeah, the yeah I top. don't think I know this gentleman but when he was the baby killer I thought that was you know kind of fun 
And he's just this big guy. He's kind of got a goofy look to him. Baby killer and fun should never be used in the same sentence yeah. together. Just throwing well, that out there. <laughs> just Gene Snitsky made it work, okay? <laughs> okay. Trust me on I'll this trust one. You. Marty the Moth sort of reminds me of Gene Snitsky, and I mean that in a positive way. Um, yeah. I, I don't know that everybody would take that positively. I, I'm sorry, I'm stealing the microphone from you. So tell me about <laughs> Marty the Moth. I enjoy watching him wrestle. I think he's got good talent. Um, I enjoy his character. I think he's fun to watch. That kind of sleazy, greasy, kind of pervy. I don't even know. Don't you think uh, sleazy, greasy, and pervy is better described by one Joey Joey Ryan? Ryan. Yeah, yeah. They that well, he's my other favorite. Is he really? It's only it's only like to be right. That's gross. (laughs) The lollipops. I like how he puts it right into his trunks. Saving it for later. That is disgusting. (laughs) And the thing that I think is really weird about Joey Ryan is if you follow the storyline in Lucha Underground, he's an undercover cop. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I guess that's kind of neat because it gives you... No, it gives you the audience from the outside like a suspension of disbelief because you... You say, okay, so this character, this pervy, sleazy, greasy guy is so over the top because he's playing he's a it. character. He's yeah. faking it. You know what I mean? I think they actually found because that's his character that he sort of plays even like on the indies. Oh, yeah. Maybe I, a little less greasy. I've seen him in the police officer right. but, ensemble. My, my point is that like maybe that was just their storyline way of sort of explaining why this guy is the way that why he, he is. Why he comes out in those crazy palm tree trunks or you know, whatever that I don't know. But he's... He's unique. I'll give him he that. Is. He I don't is. enjoy everything that he does. Um, the, I don't, I'm sure you've heard strong style. Maybe uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh-huh. the style, yes. the Japanese style. I don't, I don't know if you've heard this, but Joey Ryan is the king of dong style. Yes. I yeah. I, I don't really enjoy that sort of humor in my no, wrestling. No, I mean you can keep the. Dongs he also does like some sort of like a boob plex. Have you seen the gifts of that one yes, on Twitter? Yeah. I have. So and I don't the shirt. Know. There's a shirt about. I don't know it. if I fully. I can fully get behind Joey Ryan, but I mean his work on Lucha Underground has yeah. been pretty good. I I think watching them both in the ring is fantastic. They're engaging in their characters, in their appearance, um, and I think they're just fun to watch. And I think that's one of the one of the main reasons I watch Lucha Underground is because it's fun. Okay. Um, so speaking of fun, uh, Lucha Underground was on last night. Um, full disclosure, recording on Thursday nights, and. You know, I used to be having a lot of fun with this Divas Revolution on WWE television. <laughs> it's a joke now. It's kind of. And um, last night on Lucha Underground, we saw Ivelisse teaming with... Um, Taya. Taya versus Mariposa and Sexy, Sexy Star. Star. What do you think about that match in the context of a Divas Revolution? And it was a main event for Lucha Underground. When is the last time you saw a women's well, match? It was sort of the main event. The main event was... Really, Prince Puma but that confronting Rey Mysterio. Yes, but that wasn't wrestling. No, but it was the main event slot. But, mm. but you're right. I was, it was, say it was, that's it was the opinion. top. Well, it was the top build match, but the 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 right. end slot of the show was given to Prince Puma. Correct. And yeah, Rey Mysterio. and they had their conversation. Um, <laughs> but which I thought was very engaging. But back was, to the ladies. Back was. to the ladies. The ladies. I mean, it was an interesting matchup with Mariposa and Sexy Star because just a couple weeks earlier they had that no mas match, so pairing them together as a team. And they had some trouble working together. Mariposa um, yes. she was shoving uh, Sexy Star oh, yeah. all yes. over the place a couple times. Yep. So 
that. Can you believe that we're talking seriously about a women's wrestler named Sexy Star, yeah. and we're also going to posit that this women's division is less offensive, less offensive. and perhaps more empowering than the women's and revolution I don't know on. if you heard about it, but I don't know if it was Vampiro or Matt Stryker talking about her as a character or her as a person. We're talking about like her strength and her... Like empowerment and, and all this stuff. They're talking about her being a survivor of a domestic survivor. abuse. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, talk about like strong female, you know, personalities. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good one. Absolutely, um, a positive sort of light to shed that sort of thing in, bring in some realistic sort of themes, right. but then to use those in a positive manner to build this character mm-hmm. uh, as a survivor. I mean, I think that's an interesting theme. That's very adult, not the sort of thing that you're going to see on the WWE no. television. No. And, I mean, the other team, Ivelisse and Taya, um, Taya usually is, you know, alongside, you know, what's his name? Johnny Mundo. Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, um, and they're fun to watch together. Their fashion sense is amazing. Neighborhood. What (laughs) happened to Molina? I thought she was with Johnny Mundo for a long time. I thought she was even in Lucha Underground with him for a bit. Mind you, I didn't see the first season of Lucha Underground. Uh, Admittedly, I've heard she's difficult to work with, so maybe that's what happened. But if anybody out there knows, send me a line. I'd be interested <laughs> to know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, who do, who do you think was the standout in that match? Or who do you... No, not that match, but who do you think is the standout in the in Lucha the, Underground the women's, women's division? Well, I mean, it would have to be Sexy Star. Yeah. There's another lady. What's her name? Cobra Moon? Cobra Moon. I think she's interesting. She's interesting. Um, very powerful... And, and she uses her sexuality, though. Yes. But she was just lurking last night, watching um, Daga and... Mm-hmm. She's into Daga. Yes. And in what way, I guess, is the question. She wants to bite his nipples. Or his thighs. She was, like, yeah. licking his legs. Yeah, I don't know. He's she, uh, She's an interesting character, and she's, again, a strong women's character who is using her sexuality... In a powerful way. Correct. Um, she's not being portrayed as a victim or helpless. No. She's a luchador. And you're not seeing anybody, I don't think any of those ladies, I mean, they're all gorgeous and sexy, but it's not the kind of boobs up to your nose that we see on WWE a lot, or glitter on the face. I don't know, Sexy Star wears a tube top that says sexy on it, and she's got boobs up to her nose. Well, yes, but that is also matched with some serious athleticism. I guess so, but she's also wearing a mini skirt with black panties on underneath. Like, but it works. I know. My point is, though, I I think you're off base if you're going to try to tell me that they're not blatantly visually, you know, appealing to the sexuality. They totally are. But again, I think they're, they're because, actually approaching it in a mature way. Yes, it's a mature way, and because it comes hand in hand with actual talent. That it's a little goes a bit, long way. I mean, I don't want to take yeah. anything away from some of the women in the WWE. There's actual talent there as well. Even the people I like to complain about, Charlotte, she's talented. She is. Yes. I don't. So I don't mean to take anything away from them in comparison. Um, but I do feel like it's a completely they go, different level. They go a little bit over the top with hair and makeup and you know enhancements that you don't really see as much of in Lucha Underground. Um, hmm. They are still wearing lots of makeup and, you know, attractive outfits, but the focus is more on the wrestling. You're not as distracted by that and stuff. And DC, I think we maybe we talked about this last time, so if neighborhood, I apologize if we're repeating ourselves, but DC has a problem with Lucha Underground with women, I guess, competing in mixed uh, matches with men. He should get over that. He just, he's of the opinion that 
when you've got this big, strong, huge guy like a Matanza, what the heck is a little woman going to do against him? And I don't get me wrong, like, I, I get where he's coming from. Like, if you want to go the flip side of it, like, I was just talking just that recently about how I didn't like uh, Kalisto as the champion. I don't, I'm tired of the little man versus the big man thing. I didn't like Rey Mysterio in his championship where he was constantly feuding with giant people. Um, that's a played out trope. But at the same time, like, I like the way that Lucha Underground puts all these people in the ring. They said they're all powerful warriors. They all have their strengths and their weaknesses. Sexy Star is athletic and fast. You can use her agility. Yeah, Matanza may be giant, but she's going to be able to get around back, take out his knee, chop him down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, And if it's a tag match and she's got a partner, be it a male or a female, there's plenty of damage you can do on a big guy like that. All right. I mean, I'm just saying I don't really have that issue that issue here, even though I do have it with some of those little... But again, I think maybe part of my problem with WWE is just because every time they do a little man championship run like that, it's a playbook that they pull out. They and sell it's, it hard. <laughs> and it's so predictable. Um, here, at least, they're doing different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I guess that's probably what I enjoy the most about Lucha Underground. There's these mature themes, and they're telling stories it's bite-sized it's an hour we get story advancement every single time i mean marty the the moth stole kill shots dog Dog tags tags. weeks ago we haven't heard or really seen anything about it (laughs) other than every time they see each other they're mad as hell at each other you want to talk about uh, fight forever Sami Zayn, kevin owens the last few weeks kill shot and marty the moth it looked like they were just gonna fight forever they just were like magnets to each other beating the crap out Mm -hmm. of each other but then, they, I haven't really seen much about those dog tags, and then suddenly last night, they're they put into a match where they have to team up together, and Marty the Moth pulls out those dog tags, and he gives them back as a sign of, okay, yeah. we have to cooperate tonight. Right. Like, just that little... I'm gonna be a good it only, guy. It only took him 15, 20 seconds to deliver that promo, hand the dog tags back. But that's the thing I hate so much about WWE, is when they just drop a storyline with no right. payoff... You don't ever see those things right. again or think about them again, and you're left wondering. And the best thing about the end of that show was after the match with Marty the Moth when they came out victorious, Marty went right over to the turnbuckle, he took those dog <laughs> tags again, and he ran off with them. He's a sly dog. Right. You could totally do that. Like, yeah. there's no reason and why. And that you... totally matches with his character. Absolutely. Of being this kind of... Scummy. Scummy. Yeah. You know, like, twisted guy. And I don't it know. works. I like it. And I think I've mentioned to you, I don't know about if I said it to the neighborhood, but you know, all this talk about, you know, will SmackDown get a third hour? And everybody's talking about having two pay-per-views a month now, one for Raw, one for SmackDown. I can't keep up with that. Raw, SmackDown, <laughs> NXT, two live pay-per-views a month. I mean, we're talking like 66 hours of programming a month Ooh. from the WWE. I don't have that many hours. Well... I'm just looking at Lucha Underground, and I'm like, there's no pay-per-views for me to pay for. I can just watch it on television. Uh-huh. I get it the hour. And I mean, I don't get me wrong. I actually feel like an hour is too little. I would love to see two hours of Lucha Underground. If they could keep it tight, keep it with the story, exactly. I think I could watch that for two hours. I agree. Uh, admittedly, I know that their production is the way it is. They've already filmed things way in advance. There's probably no chance they could actually do that. I get it. I get it. I get it. But there's something nice to be said for. That's a show that I can be completely up to date on with four hours a month. And even if they doubled it, it'd be eight hours. Compared to 66, 
Are you kidding I me? I think Lucha Underground has mastered the always leave them wanting more. I think so, too. Um, whereas when Raw ends and it's, what, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock? It ends at 11, but we don't stay we up We never stay up at 11. We're usually heading to bed around 10 because we're old. Um, I mean, I think last week maybe I was I stayed up for most of it. But when it ends at 11, I just want to go to bed. I'm done. I'm yeah. like, okay, can we just be done? I looked at you the other night and said, we still have to sit through... Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns or whatever right. it was. Yeah, it was. Can we just go to bed? Yeah, we and made I it think to last we did. And we did go to bed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but with Lucha Underground, they leave you wanting more. When when the hour ends and the replay begins, we get kind of sad and nobody reaches for the, the remote. And we the tend replay, to watch it again. Yeah, well, the replay just comes and, and nobody's really bothered by that in yeah. our household. Uh, what do you think about Pentagon Jr.? He's got an interesting storyline going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in seeing where that goes. Okay. Um, he is. He now has one of the Aztec medallions, and he's in the which one? The the. Um, I think they're doing the gift of the gods again. Uh, uh-uh, it's Ultima Lucha Dos or something. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, I thought I read some, or maybe I was reading something out of order. That could be. All right. Because I read something just the other day about gift of the gods again. I was like. Oh, is this something that just happens cyclically in this company? They do that, they get that belt on someone, and since you can cash it at any time, they just put it out there until that storyline advances. I wasn't sure. I I could have believed that since Cage cashed in and it's out of the running, they would do another tournament to get that on somebody else. I could have believed that they were going to do that. I could be. Yeah, I I could have just read something out of sequence and be confused. I'm not very well versed in. I think I need to. I think I need to track down season one of Lucha Underground yes, that's what and I was actually say. watch it. The story here actually matters, and I'm intrigued enough by it. Yeah, we kind of we kind of joined the it. movie about like an hour in. That's <laughs> yeah. how I feel sometimes because everyone else knows these characters. Not you know, everyone. Well, but, yeah. on the show, you know the, sure. the announcers and stuff, and the audience seems to know exactly who they are. And for me, when I see somebody new on my screen, they may be new to me. But they have a whole storyline with someone, and I'm just learning who they are. Yeah. Um, so we have an email from DDT Bestie Nate. Oh, besties. Uh, so, hello, Mansons. Because <laughs> I know both of you watch and love Lucha Underground. We do. I've decided to base a few questions around that. Do you think Matanza is slash was a better champion than Roman Reigns? If so, why? Oh, Matanza, the monster. Uh... Better champion than Roman Reigns, more engaging than Roman Reigns. <laughs> a giant monster a in, giant a mask monster who never in talks. a mask who never talks. And he more seems engaging. intrigued by a metal key that yes. Dario Cueto keeps and, and they dangling pull, I in think front they of pull him. him in on a leash or something? Or I, I think say, that's the key. Oh, that's the key. Okay. Uh, on the leather straps, um, yeah. I'm interested in that. The man doesn't need to talk. I don't need to know what his face looks like, but I'm drawn, like, I yeah. want to watch that. I will say, because we haven't been watching that long, I haven't seen too many matches with uh, Matanza, so I don't necessarily know what he's like in the ring. The only one I can remember seeing was him versus Mil Muertes. Oh, or, Cage. Oh, and Cage. And those are two big guys, so I, Cage, I think, was a little more engaging, but graver consequences when I watched that, I kind of felt that was... A little slower paced. They were these two large guys trying yeah. to dance with each other. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know if I've seen enough of Matanza to really know what his moveset is mm-hmm. to really accurately answer your question. But, I mean, I'm intrigued by him. I'm engaged in the storyline that he's in, which is more than I can say for yes. Roman Reigns. 100%. I agree. Again, boring. We agree. But 
It's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with the success of the trio's titles in Lucha Underground, this is Nate going on. Nate, okay. uh, do you ever see the WWE ever introducing six-man tag titles? Wow. That would be really interesting if they did. I'm, I'm going to say that they've effectively <laughs> already done it. Yeah? We have New Day. Oh, yeah, the three of them. Yeah, I guess so. You know, and uh, New Day was feuding with um, another three-person group. Who was that? Uh, why can't I remember? Well, now they're feuding back with the Wyatts, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know if they're actually feuding the Wyatts or not, but the Wyatts are back. The Wyatts they're are a three-person three. group currently. Yes, um, four sometimes if Luke Harper. It was kind of like back. the social outcasts for a while. Right, they were four, then three. So I don't know. I just kind of feel like the tag scene in the WWE already kind of has expanded beyond two, two people. Years. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have a renewed push for the actual tag teams with Enzo and Cass. I mean, the Dudleys are around. The, the Lucha Underground was the Vod Villains. So they do have some two-person groups, but um, I feel like there are a number of multi-person groups who are just plain straight up competing well, in the tag division. And I feel like they don't care if there's two people or three people in the match because then one person sits it out and it's only right. a two person. So the only two people are participating. So I mean to the full spirit of Nate's question, do I think that WWE will ever introduce you know, a six man thing where they'll actually will have three on three matches? That seems unlikely to me. Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, lastly, do you think the AJ Styles Cena feud lasts until SummerSlam. I just want to take a pause here, and I realize that you're reading these emails in your Doc Manson voice and not in your Casey Kasem voice. And lastly, <laughs> do you think the AJ slash Cena feud lasts until SummerSlam? That's so much better when you do it that way. I don't think so, but I've been wrong before. <laughs> Enjoy your night, as always, your best bestie, Nate. So do I think it lasts? Until, Until SummerSlam. Summer AJ Cena. I think it does. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. They set up on Raw that we're at least going to be watching it through and, Battleground. Right. And we know how much they love their best of three, best of four series. Exactly. So when I, I made a comment on Twitter about why am I watching this, I already know how it's going to end um, from Sunday. And somebody wrote me back like, well, we already knew it's going to be best out of three. And it was kind of like I didn't know that. And I mean, I, I did know that. But at the same time, it... Sorry, I know a lot of people are going to hate this, but I'm not really excited to watch them wrestle each other three times. I want to see them wrestle together once and have something really amazing happen. And I guess you could say the amazing thing was John Cena lost. But... <laughs> yeah. But... That's a pretty that's, low bar. But that's, exactly, that's a pretty low bar, and I'm, I'm not really invested I, in wa no, watching them say, again now. It was surprising that Cena lost, and it was surprising that Cena lost on his return match from injury. Again, kind of a low bar, but when you consider all that, that's why I predicted Cena was going to win that match, because how many, he was coming back from injury. Like He was coming back from injury, right. I want to ask you, how long do you think think John Cena has as an active wrestling member in WWE? <sighs> coming back from this injury, which was a big one. Are you saying full-time, or... Full-time. Oh, I don't know. Um, I could easily see five years. Five years. Yeah. More I, than that? Probably not full-time, No. Because maybe this is like. But his... I could see I see him continuing to wrestle for the WWE for the next decade or fifteen years. Yeah. 
I think he could totally do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't necessarily want to see that, but I totally think he's a company guy more so than The Rock ever was. And maybe it's just because he hasn't had the Hollywood opportunities. I don't know. But at the same time, he seems like he's really invested in what he does for the WWE. It's his whole life. I mean, he's an ambassador to China for them. And I learned that he speaks fluent Mandarin? Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy, right? I just, I see him as being involved in this company heavily for well, he's, I quite mean, some time. That trip that he was on in China now that they're touting their development with Chinese wrestlers and all that, um, it's interesting to see him on the business side of things in addition to in the ring. And I think that's a good chance that once his in-ring work mostly sort of Subsides, wraps up, yeah. he will certainly have a large backstage presence. Oh yeah, I think he's cemented himself a career there as long as he wants it, as long as he doesn't do anything. <laughs> Right. Real drastic or stupid. I mean, I guess just the Cena styles, it's going to continue. They're going to keep showing that to us, for better or for worse. Um, I am. I like watching AJ Styles. I used to watch him in TNA, so it's fun to kind of watch him now. Man, um, he has improved. Yes, he Have you, certainly Did you has. see him uh, speaking on the mic again with Cena this week? Very strong. I mean, even that first one they had, I thought, you know, best work Styles ever done. I thought Cena ran circles around him a couple weeks ago. But I thought this last week, I thought he... He's been practicing. He did really well. <laughs> He's been talking to himself in the mirror or something. Cause... I mean, I feel like he had a, a push in TNA around the time that Ric Flair was there where they really oh, tried yeah. to get him over and improve his mic skills. And I felt like he made some progress then. But what I feel like... What was that group called? It had a funny name. Oh, I forget now. I'm dying. Fortune? Fortune, yeah. Like, is it playing off the Four Horsemen? Fortune? Yes, and like, Something the like other that. two guys were there. Yeah. Our beer money friends, right? They were, were they? I can't remember. Mm. It's been too long. Too long. <laughs> yeah, but, okay. Um, So my third topic that I wanted to talk about, which we've already mentioned a little bit, SmackDown going live. Are you excited about that? I'm excited about SmackDown going live. I'm excited about that. But like I said, with the shows, the length that they are, and the amount of replay and video packages we have to watch, it kind of takes away some of the novelty of the live. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of just hoping, I guess, maybe that stays two hours, that it's live, that they keep Mauro Ronaldo on there as commentary. He's wonderful. And I hope that they, you know, keep Stephanie McMahon and Roman Reigns on Raw so that I can feel good about only watching SmackDown in the future. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, because I have... I mean, I guess we don't really know what's happening on commentary. Um, Though theoretically could be up for draft as well. JR got drafted once in the right. previous drafts, so I mean... And Jerry Lawler's business. Yeah, whatever's going on there. His indefinite suspension by the <laughs> WWE. Right. Indefinite. Wow. Um, so yeah, it looks like there, there could be some change-ups, which I would be open to, that's for sure. Um, I heard in the rumblings on Twitter of the Cruiserweight Classic that it's going to be Mauro Ronaldo and D- Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, doing commentary there. Um, that will be something great to listen to, that's for sure. I wasn't sure whether or not Daniel Bryan was going to be doing commentary. That's what everybody was saying. Yeah. Or if he was just going to be, like, hosting. I, I wasn't mm. clear myself. Yeah. I didn't read any official press releases to get yeah. clarification on the wording. Um, but I wasn't really sure whether or not Daniel Bryan was had any real experience commenting, although I imagine he probably has. He's been around the world and doing yeah. been in this business for a long, long time. Just I wasn't really sure whether that, that was a thing or not. Um, 
I mean, the thing I'm less excited about, I mean, if you listen to the show, you know my thoughts on it. So we'll just skip right to you. Uh, what about the brand split? I mean, I'm excited about Live Smackdown. I think that offers a lot of reason to watch that show. But the brand split... We... And the reason why I want to ask you about the brand split is because, again, you were watching... I experienced one. You experienced some of it. I experienced one, and I was very confused by it. And as with everything they do in WWE, they do something for so long, and then they kind of just, like, kind of gloss over it and pretend that it, the it first brand kind of split, goes away. You probably were there right when that was ending, and so they just basically, for a couple of years had people just going back and forth between both shows despite them being separate yes. brands and eventually without any sort of announcement they were kind of just like yeah it's all one show again and that's what happened again when more recently no i, I don't think so this time they clearly said no there's going to be a brand split well now there's there's going to be a brand split but i started watching in 2010 and there was a brand split. I don't know if it, it was I think, ending. Yeah, ending. Oh, okay. That's what I was just talking about. Oh. It was ending when you were first watching then. I remember it being definite. I remember there was a draft. I remember this. You're going to have to look up that timeline. No, but that's exactly what I'm saying. But even though they did a draft, it was towards the end oh. of the first brand split. They did a draft, but they didn't really hold themselves to it right. at that point. No. Those yeah. rosters bled together. They they kind of just dropped the brand split they thing did. without any sort of pomp or circumstance. No, yeah. It was very strange. I remember, like, the red and the blue, and... I, like, I mean, they still have that. Yeah, and, like, groups being split up, and... Yeah. I guess I'm interested to see what they do, but... Well, I feel like we're just going to get a replay of history. You get to find out on July 19th, live SmackDown. And That's I'm when really, the draft is happening. really, really, really hoping that I'll either have Dean Ambrose on SmackDown or Enzo and Cass on SmackDown. I'd even take the VOD villains on SmackDown. What if Enzo and Cass get split up? If Enzo and Cass get split up, I'll be sad because I like them together. I feel like they haven't had enough time to breathe as a team on the main roster that if you split them up now it's going to be detrimental for both men. I could see that. We were shown that Cass can fly on his own. Uh, but he, I think there's a lot of mileage left in that team. There's a lot, a lot of mileage. They are so much fun together. When I hear their music come on, I get excited. I get happy. Mm -hmm. I want to watch. I spell it out with them. S-A-W-F-T. Soft. I have fun with it. Yeah. And Wrestling should be fun. Yes. So I don't really want to see them get split up. I'll kind of be sad. Yeah. Um, but I want to see them at SmackDown in August when we go. If I don't, I'm totally going to cry. And you're going to have to bring in a big box of tissues when we go. Because everyone who come out who comes out will just not be Enzo and Cass. And I'll just get more sad and more sad. So I'm really fingers, toes, and eyeballs crossed that they'll be there. And if not them, it better be Dean, Dean Ambrose. Because that's another guy I'd really love to see. All right. Um... So I guess I'll reach back into the mailbag here. This one comes from uh, Pav. Pav? I still don't know how to pronounce this one. P-A-V. Um, hey, Mrs. Manson. Oh, one for me? After hearing his theme I requested last time, were you compelled to go back and research or watch any of Rob Conway's <gasps> You're my time friend. You're the in one the who, WWE? You're the one who told me to... Oh, man. Yes, I actually did. I think I brought up, like, his Wikipedia page, and I think I found his Twitter, and I was trying to track down, like, where he is now and if he's still wrestling. And it appears as though he is still involved. 
Um, I don't think he's coming anywhere near me that I could actually go see him in person. Well, you know, there's going to be a brand split. Do you think he's going to come back? This, they, I doubt it. But they have <laughs> been saying they've been contacting old talents because oh. they're going to try to round out the rosters. Oh, that would be a delight. I would be there. I would, I would definitely be interested if he came back. I know that everyone said, or what I read online, was that he never really was a big main character or anything. Um, I liked Rob Conway. But... He was part of a tag team for a long, long and time, and when they finally gave him that Conway gimmick, like... He doesn't really look necessarily the same as he did, you know, yeah. 20 years ago. Just look at me. Or 30 years ago, I remember when <laughs> no, that was. But... not long ago. <laughs> he w- I mean, if you missed him when you were watching before, it must have been just barely. He must have been around 2005, 2000, oh, somewhere okay. around. Not too long ago. All right, so maybe it's only been... Yeah. Uh, also, is there an alternative wrestling-related song... You would like to see Doc briskly walk through the door <laughs> singing one day. Well, I mean, one that you do often come, come up singing, especially when we round the corner around our neighborhood, is good old Dusty Rhodes and his theme song, Because of the American Creamery, that's around the corner from us. <laughs> American Dream! <laughs> exactly. So that's a fun one. Um... I often find myself singing Mark Henry's theme song. Um, that's Oscar's that's theme That's Oscar's song. total theme when oh, he's yeah, doing totally. his Mr. Big Stuff walk down the block. Um, I don't really know. There's not... I don't feel like there's too many memorable theme songs, like the more recent ones. Um, but, right. you know, that American Dream, that's just... That's definitely a classic in our household. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw, but... It looks like, I forget who tweeted it, um, maybe one of the VOD villains, I forget, um, they unveiled some kind of memorial to Dusty Rhodes at their um, center there in Florida, and it's a really cool piece of art, um, Okay. and you should check it out. Um, nice memorial. Alright, Pop continues, would love to hear Doc sing Shelton Benjamin's theme. Um, I actually don't know what Shelton Benjamin's theme is. I was just going to say... I don't think I know who Shelton Benjamin is. Oh. I mean, yeah, and I don't remember the theme anymore. I'll have to look it up on YouTube, and maybe we can put in that request on the next edition of DDT. I need uh, to learn about this. You've been so great at sharing things with me so I can learn more, particularly with Rob Conway, who I never would have known about before, so I thank you for that. I really like message. Rob Conway, too. He's probably someone I never would have brought up again, but he really is. He was... I liked that gimmick for him. I thought that was good at the end. I remember enjoying that quite a bit. I love all those suave, sexy men gimmicks. I mean, how can you not when they look like that and they've got those great smiles? Um, Cody Rhodes, when he did his, you know, what was that? Um, dashing Cody Rhodes. I always loved I liked that. I like the grotesque Cody Rhodes. I thought that was so good. When he had the face mask on, he was disfigured. Yeah, because he was serious, but he was sort of funny. I loved that character. I loved it. Yeah, it was a nice mix. And I know that Apollo Crews is not, like, the sexy man gimmick, but my goodness, he is a good-looking man with the best smile in WWE. So, you know, I also enjoy that. All right. Well, uh, our last email... Oh, DC. Comes in from <laughs> it's gotta be. Uh, some casual fan. I don't think I've ever heard of him before. Mm. Uh, one, uh, what was it? A D, DC? I'm looking at it now. Matthews? Matthews? <laughs> and um, it's got five numbers? Okay, in so it? here's the thing. Uh, so DC Matthews Lengthy. evidently. 
didn't think that we would be able to fill uh, a podcast with content that oh. would last for long enough. So he basically prompted us with a bunch of topics that we could talk Did about. Did think we needed a babysitter? I think so. Uh, we so, are grown adults. Well, we'll read through some of this and we'll, we'll comment on the things <laughs> that we think we can provide. Uh, hello, Manson family. I greet you within sight of the Atlantic Ocean. Ooh. My stomach full of delightful food and my nostrils filled with the aroma of the beach. <laughs> Just a couple of quick questions for you on the off chance you are unable to fill your podcast hours without my dulcet tones. Do you think he's emailing from the, the SS Matthews? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> um, <clears throat> one, what is behind Mrs. Manson's obsession with Marty the Moth? Oh, he's just jealous. It's borderline unhealthy. Unhealthy? Well, you know, you are breaking one of the uh, Ten Commandments. Oh, I heard about one that. One of DC's Ten Commandments of the neighborhood. You're not allowed to at reply people on Twitter. You're not allowed right. to be social on social media. I think that's a joke, DC, because I think that's part of being social on social media, is that you can interact with people who you would never in a million years get to interact with. If I went to an arena and I saw... If I went to the temple and I saw Marty the Moth, there is, like, you know, a very slim chance that I'd actually get to, like, talk to the man. I mean, maybe if I paid a gazillion dollars, I could get a cool photo op with him. And maybe I'd get to say hi and give him a hug. But, I mean, slim chance. And when am I ever getting out to the temple? You know, probably never in my life. I'd love to. If you want to fund my trip out there to LA for a taping, DC, you, anybody else, I'm there. Let's have a field trip. Uh, but I think adding wrestlers, and with someone like Marty the Moth, I think it's legitimately him behind his Twitter. Um, I know he oh, has, yeah. I know he has a girlfriend, so maybe she's in on it, but some of like the bigger people in like WWE, like I don't know if Roman Reigns is really behind his Twitter or if he even has one because I don't follow him. He does. Um, but I don't know if it's him. Right. You know what I mean? And so with these kind of, I guess, smaller celebrities, I think it's fun. And you it know, feels more social because you're connecting social. more. Yeah. And he did. I mean, he called me, I think he called me wise, intelligent. Clearly. Um, so, you know, it's kind of... I will of, say, he said that in a tweet where you insinuated that I was not a Marty the Moth fan. Oh, you and DC, yes. And I just want to point out, again, I am a Marty the Moth fan. Marty, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah, I don't think I think you're listening, <laughs> and, but... and I'm sure that DC right there is just rolling over, because now I'm calling out to Marty on the podcast. And Marty, once once again, <laughs> Marty, um, I don't know, you you are probably very familiar with whom Gene, Gene Snitsky is, and I did not mean that in a negative way. I meant it in all the best ways possible i assure you and i feel, I really enjoyed that character i feel like when you have a podcast like you guys do um that what you're what you're doing you want to talk to the world and share your feelings with everybody and so you know the more exposure you get with people in your little community and anywhere else i think it's a positive you heard thing. it here first folks mrs manson likes to be exposed <laughs> two since mrs manson seems to be so open to the idea of doc commenting on the physical beauty of the soon-to-be Mrs. Rusev, perhaps you could preview our Top 10 Weekend Show by ranking your all-time most fetching superstars. Obviously, you need to do a female and a male oh, list. Dear. So both of you can get your opinions out there. I'm going to stop right there real that, quick. That could be a whole nother That's show. That's a whole other show. We can't do that right now. But I do want to comment on the first part of this. 
So I put out a tweet this week where I said something along the lines of Lana, wowza, oh my Drop lord. Drop dead gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. Do you have a problem with that? I have zero problems with that. Because I know there's a lot of people in this world who obviously would have a problem with that, but come I on. feel like when you're watching a show like this, they're, especially on WWE, the ladies come out, they are wearing very sexy outfits, lots of hair, lots of makeup. The guys come out, they're wearing little little Speedos. I mean, everything's out there. You see every muscle. And sometimes when someone's rolling up every someone... Every muscle. Sometimes when someone's rolling up someone, you might even get to see a little butt crack. Um, and that's just... It's part of the spectacle. And if you think that that Lana is beautiful, I'm not faulting you for that. If I You have just, to uh, just agree with me for a second here. Lana... With that hair this week, it was just like wild woman. Like oh, it yeah. was just that, that was quite a look. If if I died tomorrow and was reincarnated, I'd want to come back as. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> I think I'm very fair on this because, like, even like the last few weeks, Lana's an attractive woman every, any day of the week. Yes. But those outfits she's been wearing with like the, the low cut and the midriff exposed and like the straight hair, like I, that doesn't do anything for me. I'm not. I'm not afraid to admit it. it it's just. I don't know. It's, it's, that was just... You have a more mature view. I suppose. They're going back and forth between these different looks for her. Remember I... when she did that crazy acid wash stuff when she was with Oh, Dolph it Ziggler? was so bad. <laughs> that was a little weird. Oh, my God. I thought she was being punished. Somebody, yeah. like, made her weird. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so we're, we're good. We're good on Lana. I'm happy that you love Lana. I love Lana, too. And I'm happy you love Marty the Moth. Right. And we are an open and accepting household. So, I mean... So suck on that, DC. <laughs> right. I love you. You're my husband. We're good. All right. <laughs> Number three. Are we all okay with our world heavyweight champion, Dean Ambrose, wrestling in jeans? Oh. Shouldn't the fashion police intervene here? Okay, what's the difference between Dean Ambrose wrestling in jeans and John Cena wrestling in jorts? That's what I was going to say. If the fashion police were going to be involved anywhere, it would be with John Cena. And the jorts. Come on. The jorts are I, a different century at this point. They really are. I have no problem with jeans. I thought there jeans. was a time where he was retiring the jorts a couple years ago. Uh, uh, yeah. But maybe that was only a temporary but he, thing. But even then, he retired the jorts, but he was still just wearing like... like cargo shorts. Right. Like, they were still jorts. They were just... Do you, think, do you think as as buff and as built as Mr. John Cena is, do you think he's shy about wearing spandex in front of large crowds? Maybe he has a tiny Johnson. <laughs> well, Alberto Del Rio. Has a gigantic Johnson? I don't know if he has a gigantic Johnson or if that's like, you know, a cup or something. Maybe he's just got a roll of quarters down there? <laughs> that is downright. You want to talk about uncomfortable. Are we, I don't know. You want to talk about uncomfortable. Some of ADR those, makes you uncomfortable? Yeah. And yeah. the fact that perhaps he's dating Paige, rumor mill, I don't, know, I don't even know. married? I don't he? know. Oh, he's definitely dating Paige. Like, it's all over everything. I don't know what's going on there. There's an age difference there that I don't know if I'm comfortable with. I mean, and whatever. Power to him. I mean, I guess so. Whatever, but I just wish it was all on the up and up. I don't know what the... It doesn't the, the, seem like know. it is. But maybe I'm hoping it's all just divas. What's that uh, show? Total Divas storyline? Yeah, somehow I doubt it, but... I don't know. Four. Where does Brizongo's sunburn Ugh. rank on the all-time disgusting list? It's up there. Where does it rank on the all-time greatest moments in Wrestle Silly history? I have no idea about Wrestle Silly DC. That's one me and you are going to have to go back yeah. with on the ranking show. But uh, I don't know. I didn't think it was disgusting. I was actually... I mean, it was gross. It don't get me wrong. It made me uncomfortable. Like, the nails but I thought on the it was hilarious. Like, I thought it was, like, 
good wrestle silly it was gross and i was glad that they they really followed through because they were showing these promos about them getting burned in the sun but i was like if they literally come out right now and are fine i am going to riot yeah i know over something as silly as that no. but then they came out they went with it i mean admittedly they, they were burned on their chest but their backs and their arms were fine which i thought was kind of goofy but whatever i thought it was really cool that they actually followed through with that and they committed themselves to an they actual did. comedy bit on this show which you, they I'll, rarely do anymore i'll give you that but I didn't love it as much as you did. It looked like Tyler Breeze's nipples were going to fall off. Yeah. I know it was just the latex like peeling because he was sweating, sweating in a wrestling match. But there, were, there was a moment when it looked like his nipples were coming off of his like chest. I feel like that whole segment needed to come with a disclaimer about the unhealthiness of tanning and tanning beds. <laughs> like, you know how they do, like, you know, don't try this at home. It's in front of all the, you know, shows. Absolutely. This is for entertainment purposes. Well-trained athletes. Um, so that whole tanning thing kids don't me. do not tan at no home. tanning and yeah I mean maybe it's a good lesson to those who do want to go tanning that maybe it's unhealthy and you'll wind up looking like Breezango <laughs> um, if you overdo it but yeah that they sold it well I'll give you that um, five off topic as we're headed into the 4th of July in picnic season mm. discuss your favorite foods of this ilk Favorite picnic foods? Or 4th of July. 4th of July. I mean... this might, salad! This might make DC uncomfortable, but I love a good hot dog. Uh, maybe it's because I have a dachshund and they're little wiener dogs and he's just so delicious I want to eat him up. But, you know, throw some ketchup on there and some pickles. Not relish, pickles. Um, I love a good hot dog. I could call them wieners, but that would make DC uncomfortable. So. Mm -hmm. I like potato salad. I like corn on the cob. I like burgers on the grill. I like smoked barbecue. Anything mm -hmm. in a smoker. Anything really. Pulled pork, brisket. Um, there's there's not much that you don't like. Beer can chicken. I mean, yeah, pretty much anything. Beer is a great summer thing. Get out there, a nice cold one. Beat the heat. You know, mm -hmm. I, summer is a great time for food, and it makes me sad. That we do not own a grill. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to work on that. We are going to have to work on that. Because then we can have beer can chicken and ribs on the grill. And everything and... I just mentioned. Yeah. We could we... grill corn on the cob. You could grill corn on the cob. I know cob. you're never going to make corn on the cob because you don't eat corn on the cob. I'll still buy it for you and make mm -hmm. it for you. You haven't yet. When did we even see it at the store lately? Every single <laughs> week? All right, you're capable. Put it in the cart. There was six for a dollar ninety nine, like two weeks ago at the store. I must have just like zoned that out because yeah. it's uh, of no don't interest eat it. to me. Yeah, uh -huh. I see how it is. I like my popcorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd write some more, but we're running a bit late for our sailing lessons. Oh, sailing! Then it's Ahoy. time for tea and scrumpets. As always, Mansons, I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> D.C. Matthews. What does that mean? Are you uncomfortable? Uh, maybe. I just no. don't know what he means. It just means that he's, uh, you he, know. He digs us? Absolutely. All right. Well, I dig him. Do you? I do. Even though he thought we needed a babysitter. Well, he's probably right. <laughs> we, we shouldn't be left to our own devices. Absolutely not. So, uh, Mrs. Manson, is there anything else that you would like to talk about on this second episode of the Manson Family Podcast? Um, well, I think people mentioned they wanted me to talk about my Marty obsession, which is not an obsession. I'm just a fan. 
I'm and really, Marty that. is one of the few people who has been regularly on Lucha Underground. Like every week, we've been watching it. Just about, yeah. There are some people who we've seen like once or twice, and who ha- it's weird they don't always make regular appearances. It seems like they rotate talent in and out. I don't know exactly how their taping schedule works. Right, right. Um, but Marty has been on that show since we've been watching pretty consistently. And so that been, might be part of it. He's also been doing great periscopes on Twitter. So they all seem to be way past my bedtime because he's on West Coast time. But I still catch up in the morning and I do my You Marty watch in the Marty morning. the Moth on Periscope? Yeah. Did you not know about this? I did this? not know about this. Are you uncomfortable? Uh, I'm not really uncomfortable, but I do think that the borderline unhealthy slash obsession <laughs> comments might have more merit now. Oh, well, I mean, it's not nothing serious. Yesterday or this morning when I watched it, he was at the zoo. Nice. So... You know. All right. And there was another one where we got to see his dogs. So, you know, they're very unexciting, but they're fun. And mm. they give you a glimpse into their real world life, I guess, which is something that I think DC, if he maybe added some of these wrestlers, maybe he'd feel the same way. It's not bad. You just don't, I, I understand, don't do it every day, but, you know. Fair enough. Everything in moderation. All right. Marty the Moth, best in moderation. <laughs> Straight from Mrs. Banson's mouth. I think. Most people would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, with that said, I guess we're going to wrap things up here on the Manson Family Podcast. I'd like to thank each and every one of the DDT besties for listening in this week. I assure you we'll be back with a regularly scheduled DDT wrestling next week. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, whatever your podcast directory of choice is. If you could go over to iTunes and leave us a review, five stars preferable, but any will do, please do so. That's how we get more people listening to the show. More people listening to the show means we're going to make more of these shows. So please leave us that review. Also, you can find us on the interwebs at ddtpod.com. It is our website. Feel free to sign up chat with us about episodes on the forums come and read some of our articles and also if you have a comment question concern something you would like to be read in my terrible casey Kaysen voice awesome. on this show you have to send that to ddt wrestling at gmail.com you can always feel free to include me in the emails i'm happy to pop in for a uh, mrs manson moment and you know what she's happy to pop in but she's also on twitter at mrs manson ddt I am Doc Manson, at Doc Manson on Twitter. You can converse with us there at any time. We look forward to speaking with you. I'm happy to be social. Oh, yes, she is. So, folks, that is Manson Family Podcast, Episode 2. Thank you very much. And good night. (laughs) Good night.